Welcome to CTO Think, a podcast about leadership, product development, and tech decisions between two recovering chief technology officers. Here are your hosts, Don Vandemark and Randy Burgess. Hey, Don, what's going on? Not a lot. I mean, it's it's the middle of where we're in that period between Christmas and New Year's. So um, with Christmas and New Year's being in the middle of the week, it's always a, a funky week to get work done. Yeah. Um, yesterday I had, uh, not yesterday, Friday, I had some fun, um, as a side hobby, uh, uh, my, my side officiating hobby. I worked, um, worked on the chain crew for, um, the Syracuse, West Virginia bowl game in Orlando. That was the, uh, the camping world bowl. And then on Tuesday, I'll be working, doing the same thing for the Kentucky Penn state game. Um, the uh, Citrus Bowl. So, will um, you be making good. football players cut their hair? No, no, I have <laughs> I have zero um, control over the game. All I do is I hold a stick, saying, "Here's where the down is," or "Here's where the first down is." Things like that. So, uh, okay. So, so no, I, I make no decisions. I just get to stand <laughs> there and watch the game and hold a stick. So. It's it's pretty good. It's a pretty good gig. Uh, how about you? Oh, let's see. I mean, the we're at the end of the 2018. Looking at 2019, this episode is being recorded on December 30th. Probably will launch on the 2nd of January. It's been quite a year for, like, overall. Um, you and I have been doing this podcast for a year. A little more than a year. And... Uh, in that time, I've worked for two or three clients. Uh, Megan and I made a move to Kansas City from Chicago. We dealt with a move and setting up shop uh, in a new city. And the last two weeks have been kind of a nice, just slowing down the pace of change and getting settled. So, yeah, it, it's... Lately, it's just been kind of like adjustments and getting things how we want them. And I would say the last couple of days, Megan and I were able to kind of sit down and just watch TV a little bit and just feel like we're at home. And it's taken a lot to do that. But uh, yeah, it's been we're in a pretty good place. So 2019 has I don't really know what's ahead like we were talking about doing an episode about what what's the year ahead and I'm like I don't freaking know but um (coughs) but there is something that you and I have like Megan and I started talking about it and then you and I started talking about it and that's what we're kind of going to talk about today um Megan and I are, th- are moving forward with an idea of creating an, a, a meetup group, which is kind of cliche. You move to a new city, you start up a meetup group because you think something like this doesn't exist. Um, and the I'll just say the, that the, the name we came up with is Tech Managed. And if you are thinking about it in your brain, think about it as Tech Managed comma managed as the kind of way we're approaching the branding naming essentially boil it if you boil it down to the bare minimum of the concept it is to create a meetup where non-technical professionals can meet and learn about technology without it being a meetup geared for this is how you code this is how you implement, this is how you execute. It's much more along the lines of what we've been doing with our discussions on this podcast, you know, teaching and learning about technology at a management level. So go ahead. Like, I know you have a lot of ideas and thoughts around it, which I, we haven't discussed at length. You and I have only chatted about it very briefly. So that is essentially, I'll talk more about the why and what we're aiming to do, but that's what we're getting started. We're getting ready to rev up in Kansas City to see how, to see if it's a concept that works well for a sure. group of people. 
No, I think um, so. So we were talking about a little before we started recording and, and I started to dig in and ask questions and you're like, just stop. Just just hit record and let's let's put it on tape and and we'll just flesh it out as as we uh, as we record this episode, which is a much better episode than what's what happened in 2018, what happened in 2019. Um, yeah. There there's there are plenty of podcasts that are covering that. We we didn't need to be one more, even though uh, <laughs> we are going to do that here with one specific concept. Sure. Um, so. I, I, the more, so uh, the more I thought about this idea, the more it, it really resonated as a, as a great idea. Question for you though, you said it's something, it's cliche that you do it when you move to a new city. Is this something <laughs> that you think existed in Chicago? Uh, it's, let me think. Yes, it did at one time. Um, it was called Bootstrapper's Breakfast. It was only for a small niche, though. So the idea was a bunch of um, founders or startup people would meet for breakfast around 7.30 a.m. Pretty early for me, but not as early for folks that are already downtown. And they would talk about all of, all of the things around their startup. So it's much more of a startup thing. But what happened was it was almost always boiled down to technology because all of these startups were technology based and you would have a few consultants in the room kind of networking. But the idea was you can't go in there and sell your tech. You can't sell your services. You're in there to help and give advice. And you're talking with people at a non NDA level, meaning you're not going to sign a document to talk to people about their ideas. At the same time, you're not going to give, like as n- enough detailed advice so that you're um, just giving away free time, um, even over a coffee kind of thing. But the idea right. was it was a room where people could talk and they don't have to feel like they're getting sold consulting services just to find out, do I, should I care about Firebase? Should I care about AWS? At the time, I would re- I remember having a conversation is Heroku what I should be hosted on? And this is back in at least 12 years ago when I was a part of this group. And I barely knew what Heroku was at that point. Um, it might have been less, less than 12. I don't think Heroku's been around that long. So it had to be something more of like nine or eight, eight or nine years ago. I can't even remember how old Heroku is. Regardless, the idea was there was a group that was built on a, on a more, um, it was, it was geared only for startups really. And it was geared and it wasn't geared on technology. And that was part of the problem was that the group subject matter was kind of erratic, but it existed. So that's my, that was my idea was something like this was in Chicago. It fell apart. Um, actually the person who ran it, was one of our guests, Griffin Caprio. Sure. Um, that's where I that's where I met him back in the day. So the answer is yes, it existed in Chicago, but not in the way that I'm talking about tech managed. Okay, so it sounds like there it was it was more startup based, more founder based, more small company based. Where do you, uh, I mean, what are you thinking is the right audience for, for tech managed? Is it, is it that same group? Is it um, executives in, in bigger corporations trying to understand newer things? Um, what, what do you think the, the target audience is? Yes and yes. Like, okay. <laughs> where, where I, so what happens is I go to meetups and I've already been to three in Kansas City. And I end up talking to people that are at the meetups and they aren't tech savvy. They aren't coders. They're not developers. And it doesn't matter if they're startup people. It could be a manager um, of a, of a, at a bigger company. And this happened in Chicago a lot too, but I never really thought, oh, this is a big need. It, it was more of you hear the buzzwords. You listen to our podcast and hear us talk about buzzwords. And this is why we started CTO Think in some respects was oh, yeah. let's let's talk about 
technology, but not at an, a ground level like implementation um, discussion. And I have these conversations and I'm realizing that like I talked to these folks at the beginning of the meetup and let's say the meetup is about GraphQL <laughs> and, and I hear what they're there for. The person's there because they heard about GraphQL and they're trying to find out if they need this technology. And they're obviously not asking their engineers for a reason, mainly because of in-house bias or, hey, the shiny new object fear of a manager. Um, they're looking for some kind of balanced opinion of what is this tech and doesn't matter to me. And I know I'm not going to be the one implementing it. And my converse, and I realized that during this, the actual meetups, the, the person giving the talk is talking at a developer level and that the person that I talked to wouldn't have any friggin' clue what is being discussed here. And none of the questions they went in with are being answered because they're going into question into this tech discussion about what are, what is, what is this technology for? Um, what does a manager need to know about it? Meaning risk, meaning cost, meaning does like, what are the alternatives here? Is this technology bleeding edge or is it stable? Um, is it going to last a while or am I betting on some brand new thing that's not going to last? Does it really matter for my, does it matter for my developers if they're going to be productive with it? Um, you know, all of these questions that honestly developers sometimes skip past because developers are like, is it easier? Right. Period. And it's not only is it easier, but the developers love the new shiny thing. Yes, I do. (laughs) I do. I I do on one side and then I'm like, no way. No way I'm going to implement this for my client. (laughs) Uh, I'm always in that middle ground, which is where we've always found ourselves. But what I want, what the, the idea is to have a meetup that is really focused. It's not focused on the attendees. I I don't want, I want to be more general for who can attend and get value out of it. So if you work at a big company and you are, even if you're a non-technical CTO and they exist and it doesn't matter, um, and you are just like, I want to understand, truly have a better understanding of a piece of technology I keep hearing about but I don't want to go into a setting where everyone in the room knows more than me, or I need some kind of baseline non-biased from non-developers about their experience with it. The idea is that this will be a setting focused on tech. If you want to talk about business startups related to finance, if you want to talk about business startups related to fundraising or marketing, that's probably a better, that's a different group. This is really based on, hey, I am a person that is involved with a business of some kind, and tech. I need to understand more about technology at a level I can start to get into it, and not at, here's a bunch of code, try to make something out of the slide of a copy of my text, or tech editor, or text editor. That's what I don't want it to be. Um, Mm -hmm. and of course I said cliche for getting in, starting a meetup in a new city because almost every time I see, saw someone in Chicago do a new startup that sounded like another one, I'm like, Oh, they're new here. It'd always be someone from a different city (laughs) moving to Chicago. And it's like, wait, this exists already. And you're just from out of town and you haven't done any research to see if anyone's doing this. And so I've tried, I looked through the KC, all the KC meetups to find if anyone is doing, there's plenty of startup meetups. I don't need to repeat that. There's plenty of tech meetups. I don't need to do a JavaScript or a, a GraphQL or a React meetup because those are all being covered. What I'm looking for is that middle ground to satisfy the people I've already met that are like, I, I want to go to a meetup and I want to be talked to as though I'm learning tech at a management level. And I don't want to be sold like, hey, you need to use my company 
to utilize this tech. It's kind of a neutral ground for people to talk about technology that is not involving revving up Git, pushing to a, a repo, using Amazon Web Services just to learn how to do something. That's what I'm trying right. to avoid. Right. So, and yeah. I do think, so So you said it earlier, it, it's, it's at least half of the mission of what we try to do here on this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, explain um, explain technology to the non-technical um, that find themselves needing to um, know a little bit more. So I, I certainly think it's ex- it's an extension of what we do here, and it's almost a doubling down of of what we're doing here. I mean, we're not we're not uh, uh, you know wildly popular podcast, but we've got a few <laughs> listeners. Um, of, of the three I do, this one has the most listeners. So, (laughs) um, I'm not, it's not like we're doing anything groundbreaking or earth shattering, but I think there is a need, even if it's a small niche need. Um, so when you, when you came up with the idea, I was like, oh, that sounds cool. That actually, I think would work here in Orlando. Um, I need to dig a little to find out what other things exist in Orlando like it, but I don't think there really is anything. Um, I think, I think this is, it's a better name than CTO thing. So we may rebrand everything at some point. (laughs) Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's one of these things that I think we could really dig into and, and we've, we've dabbled in different things like the, uh, when GDPR came out, I spent a few hours trying to put together a quick explainer video on GDPR. Yeah. Um, and we were going to put that out as part of this brand. Um, but this, that, that sort of thing fits perfectly into a name like tech managed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that may be something we want to look into over the, the next 12 months is, is starting a, a video series that, that emulates what you, what you do in the meetup. Um, I also think a newsletter fits. Um, it, it, it's one of those things where depending on how, how much you wanted to blow this yeah. out, um, you, you could go full bore. You could go newsletter. You could go videos. You're going to do the, the meetup. To, we're already doing the podcast. Um, you, you could even do a Slack group, right. Or, or some sort of group chat so that if somebody finds themselves in a situation, they can ask a question and get, get advice. Um, I actually think that might be, it might be interesting to, to try a new paradigm there instead of a Slack, um, chat, which is one to many, uh, many to many, something more like, um, a Q and a on a newsletter. So somebody has something that comes up that need, they need answered right away. They send in a question. Yeah. Um, you see an immediate need for it. We type, one of us types up an answer and then it goes out to the, to the newsletter group. Um, so instead of many to many, it's more like one to many It's more like broadcast. Um, not saying we know everything, but many to many can get, uh, chaotic. At times. Yeah. The, well, go, so. to go back, Megan gets the full credit for the name. She, we were doing one of our walks in our neighborhood. Um, and she, we were talking about naming. Uh, we, I talked about the meetup. She came up with the name. So she gets that credit. The, I agree with you a hundred percent. CTO think was a name we chose because that is what we both that's the role that you and I have both served in the most um, for small businesses and startups. And that's where we kind of feel the, the most at home in our careers in that role, I think. And I've, I am definitely a part of a CTO kind of think tank in Chicago. Nothing like that exists here, but I also am like, you know, when people talk to me, like, in my teaching, since I started teaching the boot camp, um, I've also found, like, I've had people respond to me with how I explain things in tech 
at a level they can comprehend without feeling ignorant. And I also have business people who are not students tell me the same thing. And that's why the CTO think name doesn't work for them on a branding level, because if you are a business person and you don't know any tech, CTO is not a role you're going to be having. You're going to hire a CTO. You're going to eventually or co- be co-founder with a CTO. And so if the goal of the group is all is people at a general business level, CTO excludes them in some ways. And I think tech manage is just more inclusive for who we want to be part of the group. And right. that's ultimately why it, I think the name works better based on the goals of what we're trying to do. Um, the interesting thing is that Kansas City and Orlando are both similar in population, much di- much different cities. Um, one is flatlined on growth from a population standpoint, and one is growing, um, that being Orlando. One of them is, is, they're probably both, I would say Casey has a much more older kind of business climate. And in Orlando is probably modernizing faster than I would guess most of the other Florida cities. And you also have a humongous player of technology and, and Disney right there. And we have more like uh, we have healthcare is our uh, Cerner is one of the big employers in town amongst a few others. So, um, they're, they're very comparable cities, though, in terms of size and scope, I would say. So it would be it's interesting to see if this concept does have a, a user base uh, of a need that is comparable to each other as well. So, yeah, the, or, the, the big thing that affects Orlando that I'm not sure a lot of outsiders see, and maybe they do, um, is with with tourism being such a big deal, um, with there being so many hotels and so much um, uh, of your job creation is in the um, lower income hospitality uh, yeah. jobs. Um, you you get a lot of that, and and that that stifles a little bit of the growth because Orlando has got to pay so much attention to that, to, to, to making hospitality happy um, that they can't always look into the new fangled things. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little unique. Um, it's probably the only other city that I think is like, it would be like Vegas. Yeah. Um, so it's a little unique, but uh, yeah, I certainly run in, uh, I run near the circles of the tech groups here in Orlando. Um, I know a lot of the, a decent amount of the big players in it, um, but they're not the audience here. So it's almost like this is a, this is a group. This is a mission. This is a concept that you take to the chamber of commerce and you say, we want to put this on once a month. Um, would you advertise it to your members and find out what it takes to advertise to the Chamber of Commerce members, which you yeah. probably have to pay to do. Um, but maybe if you give a talk, if, if the city of um, the Chamber of Commerce has, you know, monthly meetings, maybe you offer to give a talk one time or something like that. Um, I, I think, I, I really think this is something we should, we should dig in on. Um one of my, I'll say goals. It's it, it, and it's 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 slightly more than that. It's it's really something I'm going to drive to do. Is we've t- so this year we we went in on podcasting. Um, between this and um, our other podcast, this old app, we put out sixty five um, different podcasts, yeah, episodes over the year. Um, so, so we really dove in on that. And I think for the most part, it's going fine. Yeah. We're, uh, nobody, anybody listening to us knows we're not advertising. So it's not like we're making money doing it, but <laughs> it, it, it fulfills the, um, it fulfills the need we thought we had 
to go and do this and to maybe bring a little bit to the rest of the, to, to the rest of what's out there. Um, and I think the next step that I, I'm going to take for next year is I'm going to record at least one video a week. Um, and, and that, that's tough. So I've done a couple, I, I've dabbled in video a little this year. Um, like I said, we did, I, I, tried to put together that GDPR video. Yeah. The problem with that is um, when you're doing videos like that, they're, uh, they're, they're a lot more scripted um, as in when you and I talk on this podcast, we, we, we leave the ums and the pauses and the awkward turns of phrase and all that in. Yeah. Um, we may, we may add lightly edit, but for the most part, we don't try to come off as polished. Um, I, I don't know that that works in video as well. Um, but maybe, maybe that's the direction we try to take it. Um, the other, the other thing you have to do is you usually have to make slides for it. Um, I have the design skills of a kindergartner. So when I make, a, a, a when I make slides, they're, they're pretty, uh, pretty basic. Um, but that may be okay too, if if we think that's necessary. Well, remember, let's go um, let's go back on history a little bit. Um, when we st- yeah. if we're going to do any kind of publishing or new concept, the reason we this these podcast this podcast is two years old. It's only been yeah. published for one year, but it's two years old yeah. because we talked about the, this podcast concept. And didn't move on it for a year. Why? Perfectionism. And yeah. So sure. when you talk, when I hear you say, I don't know if the slides are going to be good enough. I don't know if we need to edit out the ums. My answer is no. Just start publishing and then correct it as you go along. And what were, what were your, what were your exact words to me the other night when we were talking about officiating? Do you remember your exact words? Oh, uh, yes. It was something about you always talk yourself out of things. Is that it? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah that's, it. that's it. Well, no, so on that concept, on that line, today, <laughs> t- today when I was creating the meetup.com account, I started having self-doubt. I started thinking, what if nobody comes to this dang thing? What if I put my name out there and I have to shut this group down within three months? What if nobody cares? And truthfully, they might, this might hold this whole idea may not be worth the time in the sense that it doesn't get enough people together. But truly, right. if I had, if I have 10 people in a room that want to know about a piece of technology and I can talk to them, it's more efficient than me talking to one person over and over about what is GraphQL versus a REST API. Um, and in some ways that's what motivated me to start it. So I'm not setting my goals high. I'm saying, I'm basically saying like, look, I have found that I am, I have a, I have, I've taught myself or adjusted to become a teacher of technology as well as an implementer. And if I'm not going to start a school, which I'm kind of not really wanting to do and if I still like to talk to people about tech at a level they can understand and I still want to work in the field of consulting or building um, technology solutions, this is one avenue to, to do it. And, you know, I would say that every episode that we record the half hour before we do it, I think about, oh, this is another task I got to do. And then by the end of it, I'm like, damn, I'm glad we talked about that stuff today. It, it was great to yeah. talk about it. And the same thing about this is I've wanted to have a meetup I can go to where I'm not staring at code on a slide because I know I understand it, but I know that most of the other people in the room don't. You only see it for a few minutes. And I'm like, this isn't actually teaching. And I want, right. I want to have a meetup where there's teaching going on and it allows people to get closer to knowing, should I implement this tech? What is this tech? Number one, two, is it relevant to me? Three, how do I go about implementing it when I don't know how to code Four, who are the people I need to bring on the team 
to get it done. And then the other attachments of the cost, the risk, maintainability, is it a flash in the pan? And then the last one, should I even care about this? Which is often the case, the answer is usually no. Um, Like for where you are in your business, do you care about this specific buzzword you've heard about? And oftentimes it's like, no, you're way ahead. You're you're way ahead of this point of worrying about this. You need to worry about other stuff first. And I hate to do that sometimes, but it's sometimes the most relevant answer is honestly, React. You do not care about React Native yet. You need to care about what is what are you going to build, and then find out if React Native is the right way to implement it. And you know, I want to be in those conversations. Um, more than I want to show people, here's the next wild and crazy f- JavaScript framework that you've heard about and you need to learn about. And it's like, that's not what a business person, founder needs to always care about is what's popular. It's more about what is practical for the situation I'm in, for what I'm trying to do. And that's what I want to have the conversations around. And yeah. for us... We, we've always, we, when, when we just go with it and set up the, we set up the podcast and just start publishing, talking and publishing. And then we bring in some friends, Mark Thompson, we brought in Griffin Caprio, we brought in Jesse and his wife. Um, what was his wife? Yep. Uh, Becca. Becca. And this is across both of our podcasts. We brought in Becca yep. and Jesse and every time we brought in a new viewpoint, we learned more. I felt like our audience learned more. And so the point of the publishing and the videos is to bring in more people talking about these things when it's not a when it's not just a point of selling something or massive popularity. What is the buzzword of the day? And we got we got in that sector with when we published an art an episode about React a lot of people started paying attention and that's great, but that's not what we want. We don't want a react podcast. We want to say, how is react uh, relevant to you? And there's a bunch of other things you need to care about. And we're going to talk about them as well. And that I don't want to, I don't want to create a vehicle that is geared for clickbait um, eyeballs and popularity. Like I don't, Chicago has three or four tech meetups that are nothing but cocktail hours. And you don't learn a dang thing. You can network, that's fine, but you don't learn anything at them. And I'm like, that's not what I, I don't need to be a social um, organizer, an event planner. That's not what I want to do. I want to right. teach people about what I do so that they can get on the right track for what they are trying to do. That's what I've always been about. That's what I like doing. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think, I think everything I talked about, and again, it's a question of how, how much we want to put into it. I think everything I talked about from the newsletter to videos to everything all fits because, um, different people process different ways. Um, and it, it, (laughs) yeah, one, one, one really, not relevant, but kind of relevant example. My 10 year old nephew, um, is really into, is a really confident kid and is really into music. So what does he do? He starts a radio station. Okay. Mm-hmm. So every, for, for Christmas break for, for these two weeks at 1130, he's been on the internet, you know, playing music and de- doing his DJ thing. Um, because it's he, he thinks it's interesting. Yeah. But the problem, and and I'm going to see him in, in next weekend. The problem is, if I'm not there at 11:30, I can't consume that. Yeah. Um, because it's there and it's gone. So I'm not going to talk him into podcasting, but it's more of the. Yeah, I think I think you're you're doing great on your radio. I listened once, but I can't listen every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just can't be available at that time every day. So it, it's again, you have to you have to meet people where they are in the ways they consume things. So um, so on this track, 
because um, you're going down uh, like the benefits of a meetup. So uh, I want to talk about implementation of for starters okay. of the meetup, not for because like, yeah. I do think all yeah. of your other ideas are relevant. But about the meetup, tell me what do you hate about meetups? Hmm. <laughs> so uh, there's not a lot. I don't. Uh, okay. So the number one thing, I'm, I'm going to change your question. You tell <laughs> me if it's okay, if it, okay. if it works, as opposed to what do I hate about meetups is, as uh, uh, instead, why don't I go to more meetups? Sure. Um, I don't know if that, if the answer will be the same that you're looking for. I don't go to more because, you know, it takes me half an hour to go down there, find park, go to downtown Orlando, find parking, um, go be in a room of people, uh, slight introvert by nature. So go be in a room of people, some of whom I know, some of whom I don't. I have really the very little desire to meet new ones. Um, And then I only go I only go when the topic is dead on what I want to see. If the topic's not a perfect 100% match, I don't go be, because of those reasons. Um, yeah. it's not that I hate meetups, it's more that those are those are the barriers to going. So okay, so you talked about commute, you talked about parking, which obviously as a returning to the world of driving in a car and not I honestly don't know how to get anywhere in Kansas City unless it's off of the highway <laughs> near my house. So yeah, those are two issues for me. Um, if I go to a meetup, one, time management. Like no okay. one that runs meetups se- seems to give a crap about people's time. Sure. You, you show, you, they say we start at 6.30, we'll end at some indiscriminate time. The, the meetup person typically like they may say hey we're going to have a a time for networking and then we'll get and then we'll have the presentation but there's no definition around how long will the networking go when will the presentation start and when will the presentation end when can i expect to get out of there so i can go home and expect to do something afterwards and so that right there is something that i want to change now, trying to be really rigid about a meetup is not a great way to start. You want to be flexible. But my goal is to say from the start that meetups will last about two hours. And it will stay, it will say that the doors will open at 630 and that we will have a networking, you know, like people can, the doors open at 630, the presentation will start at 7. None of this lingering right. crap where because the um, person running the meetup is talking to someone that they let it go 15 minutes past the start. It's like, no, we're going to get started at a certain time. If you want to skip the networking, that's cool to show up at seven, but we're going to open the doors at 630 so people can come in and just get to know each other if networking is part of why they want to attend. And then we'll have a presentation of some kind that runs for roughly an hour. That includes a Q&A. So anyone that comes in to give a presentation should be planning to do 30 minutes to 45 minutes and then leave 10 to 15 minutes for the discussion. Now, the, the meetups I've been to that follow that are the ones that I'm like, that's a valuable meetup. This one feels like right. it, it's worth my time to do the driving and the commute and all that mess to chop out my day. And also, and I'm not really unlike you, I'm introverted in the sense of me going and just talking to random people I don't know is not something that is, um, I'm not inclined to do it. I don't gain energy like an extrovert from just putting myself into a social situation. So if I was told by a meetup that I respect your time and we're going to have a kind of a schedule and follow that, that tells me right there that the person running the meetup understands that busy people like a little bit of formality around time management. And so that's one part. The other part is to actually make sure like people don't have to take notes and keep up with slides. Like 
if you are bringing slides and doing a presentation, then you are essentially open sourcing those documents to be available to the group later. So you can, we can publish those slides to, you know, the whatever repository so that it's like, Hey, if you want to see these slides and get your notes off of that, fine. But if you want to pay attention without writing every little thing down, then you can. Now that may be a factor that can't always work with based on people. People do meet up presentations and then go to conferences and do those same presentations. I understand that. So it's not a rigid thing. But I think it's valuable because one of the questions that always comes up in meetups that I attend, people say, can I see these slides? Can I get these notes? Can I get your the list of people you, or the references you talked about? Mm-hmm. And I would prefer that people know, hey, you don't have to write down everything I'm saying. Everything I talk about will be available in a document of some kind for you to get to. So I'd like to gear it that way. Um, are you planning on, are you planning on from day one recording and, and redistributing? That is the technical question that I don't want to slow down this meetup from starting, but is definitely a goal. I, it would sure. be terrific if, cause again, if the point is to teach people, then it shouldn't be a factor of you must be in the room to learn that you must right be available on a Tuesday night at 6.30 just to learn. So the goal is yes. The question is, can we get a venue that allows to do that well? Do like, I think I can get a microphone that that clips onto a shirt for the discussion factor on stage. The question I've already recorded in teaching, it's a matter of how do we get the how do we get the proper, um, what, how do you say it? The proper equipment and setup to record the presentations that works for everybody. Um, right. But yes, the, ultimately, I think that that is something that would be valuable if, if, if the meetup and the presentations are valuable to republish them. Um, well, I, I, I also think to keep that from being a technological barrier yeah um until you've got a good setup it's it's cell phone you capture it on a cell phone you're done and and you you put that on youtube and that's that um it can progress from there but i think from day one if you come in saying we think this is more important than just what the people in the room see we know the quality is not great and again back to your let's not aim for perfection yeah um know the quality is not great. We're going to get there. But until then, here's what we got and we're going to do our best. Yep. And other things that annoy me, I honestly don't care about food and drinks. Um, Now that could be the antisocial part of me, but I don't really want to eat pizza every time I go to a meetup. And I don't really think, I don't care for it to be I mean, I love whiskey, I love wine, and I used to love beer, but I really don't want alcohol to be like the driving force. Like that's a social hour and that's not really the setting that I care about as much. So um, I do actually have a venue already to start with, which is in the Crossroads neighborhood of Kansas City. It's kind of the Startupville um, area of where most of the new businesses are starting um, re, the revitalized business sector of Kansas City. So I actually have a venue. I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm kind of like, do I just go with basic snacks and water and maybe sodas? Or like, what are your thoughts on that? Is it really vital? Because I don't just, I don't want to keep eating pizza when I go to meet up. So I'd prefer just to do my own dinner anyway. Yeah, and and this is where I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, because who's the audience? Um, yeah, I do think I, I think there are probably two disparate audiences that are expecting two disparate things. Um, so my gut says start it at seven, 
Um, start the presentation at seven, open the doors at six 30, provide light snacks. This is, this is one of those, um, in things in the handbook of, of doing a meetup is you find a sponsor so they can provide pizza. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the meetups I've been to here in Orlando, they do, they do other things, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll bring fancy sandwiches from, from, you know, a local play, a local business or things like that. But at, at the end of the day, it, it, it never matches everyone a hundred percent. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a vegetable tray, maybe it's a, a, a cracker and cheese plate. Maybe, maybe it's something just a little bit less dinner, more snacky. Yeah. And maybe I, I, this, this just popped into my head. Maybe it's, you know what? We're going to end at eight. And then informally, we're going to have dinner at X place afterwards for whoever wants to join. Yeah. And, and you've immediately put in people's heads, don't feel you have to go, but know that if you want to, we're, go- we're all going to go hang out here for another hour um, and just grab something to eat. So that, that takes dinner off their mind. Um, and that's, that makes it make a little bit more sense on why you're only providing, um, snacks. Yeah. So uh, that may work. And so then after the presentation, I was kind of, the other thing I dislike is how or actually I know it's a pain in the butt. The people that host can't leave until the last people leave. Yeah. And so my rule of thumb would be. 30 minutes after the presentation is over, we close the doors. Like you have to go and take your, if you have a conversation going great with someone you met, then the idea is to meet later for coffee or take it outside to another place. Even if we can't formally organize it, the idea is the hosts don't have to stay past um, 830 or something. So start at 630, open doors at 630, close doors at 830. Uh, we'll figure out the recording situation. We'll figure out the refreshment situation. Um, other items that I've always, those are like the main ones because the meetings that I like going to were ones that got started on time and stuck to a subject matter that they promised. And the ones that I hated were the ones that lingered until you were there till 930 for a one hour presentation that didn't start on time because people were shy about getting started, I guess. Like, I don't ever know why those meetups lingered at the front, but they were just not moving forward. Um, About some of the subject matter, like I've got a list of ideas that I was um, going to talk about, but they're all very much along the lines of things we've talked about on the podcast. What is an API? Yeah. What is an API? REST versus GraphQL. Like, what's the relevance to someone? And is there like, do you care? Uh, front end versus back end. Like, every time I talk to business people, um, they ask me, "Are you front end or back end in what you do?" And then when as I talk to them, I realize they don't know the difference. They've been told they should care, but they don't know why. So. Right. A very general explanation of what's going on with front-end and back-end development. Um, of course, databases. I talk all the time about why one database, mo- mo- usually now the debate is non- NoSQL versus SQL. Um, the, the idea of how to hire developers, the idea of how, like the benefit of localized um, versus uh, remote teams for development. Uh, the different hosting options you have: Firebase, AWS, uh, Heroku, any like doing your own DigitalOcean type of setup. Uh, testing, quality assurance, user acceptance, native apps versus the new hybrid and React. So we got Flutter in there, React Native, Objective C, and Android, Java, that kind of stuff. Like all of those subject matters are at least there's 12 things I just said that would be for a monthly meeting, oh, yeah. a year's worth of discussion. Um, I think the, the, the next question I have is it seems to me that the, when I look at meetups that I like, 
there seems to be a struggle with finding people presenting. Right. And that struggle makes it the organizers. They're, they're kind of locked into this idea that they aren't going to be the presenter. They're going to be the organizer, right. but they will not present. And I guess what I'm willing to say now is that I'm willing to give 12 presentations myself if I don't have other people doing it. Now, I, r- right. I run the risk there of bec- becoming a meetup where I am the only person presenting. And I'm not sure if that's good or not. Right. But I don't know if the stress and struggle that, uh, that meetup founders go through with finding presenters is worth it either. I, I, I think it's important for variety's sake. Yeah. Um, just like I think it's, uh, I, if there's one thing, I, I and it, it's the same struggle. If there's one thing I wish we did more often, it's, it's I, I think we could use a few more guests on the podcast. Yes. Just so that people don't always have to hear our voices. Um, uh, I think we tend to struggle when there's three of us, either you or I tend to struggle to get poignant points in. Um, but that's okay, too. Um a three-person podcast can be a little crowded. Yeah. Um, so, so that's okay too. But just different voices helps. Um, so, I I agree completely. And and again, depending on where we want to take this, and and not saying it it has to happen in order to. Uh, I don't want to add more barriers to making it happen. Um, We've already got material, like you said. We've already got material. We've eat, we've got podcasts. Yeah. Um, and so, if you say, okay, January is going to be APIs, um, we can have newsletter stuff ready. We can have video stuff ready, and and roll that out after the meetup as well. Yeah. So, my, I'm spitballing here, and I know I'm adding way too much weight to all this. Hmm. Um, but that's how you brainstorm. But I. And I, and I do think, I, I think, I just feel there's something here. Just like I feel there, uh, I talk about on this old app a lot. I, I feel there's something to the whole voice apps thing. Yeah. Um, I just can't get my hands around it. I feel there's something here. Um, I even feel there's something here a little more solidly. Yeah. I, I, I definitely feel that way. I feel my, I guess I feel that way with even more confidence because Having worked and being like over the last two years, my involvement with people learning how to code has been very relevant to my what is making me happy in the tech world. But the but seeing the gap between what I do day to day and the gap of teaching people how to code, I see this gap of and, and especially when I interviewed, we talked about me interviewing for jobs. And my gosh, yeah. the number of managers I talk to and recruiters I talk to that have no idea what really goes into successful product development on a tech level. I'm like, okay, I, I don't, these are not people that are ignorant. These are people that are doing, trying to do too much and no, they don't have a source to talk to that really educates on the level of technology they need because they aren't going to sit down for a 15 hour um, you know, tutorial on Udemy to learn what GraphQL is. They don't have the right. time, but if someone could just right. sit down and say, this is what GraphQL is. This is how it's relevant to tech for the last 10 years. This is where it's probably going. Um, and what, based on the business problem you're talking about, this is why it's, if it's relevant at all to what you're doing, that is a huge amount of knowledge that they need to make a good choice and it doesn't have to come loaded with, if you pay me for an hourly consult- consultation, I can answer these basic questions for you. That is not what people need. There is a void there for teaching this stuff. And we talked about it with the executive tutorials concept we spitballed. Um, we talked about it with voice app videos. Um, we've talked a lot about teaching and filling these voids of knowledge at a level where it's not someone learning how to code to do it. And I think that's why it feels right to us because we've been talking about this for two years now. And, and right. I see the gap. Right. And, and 
And and you said something in my brain, and my brain just went woo 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 woo. Another alarm went off. Um, how useful and 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 this this is this is probably a side thing. This and and maybe they come to the meetup too. But how useful is this to recruiting companies as far as to get their recruiters to go to so that their recruiters understand tech? Um, oh, because not all. You, you, I think you know where I'm going. Is that? That it, a lot of recruiters don't understand the technology behind yes. what they're actually going after. So whether it's part of the meetup or whether it's something separate altogether, um, that's another part that I think is interesting. So then, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, the the question, the next question is, what defines success that makes us all worthwhile? I, I can only define what it what I can only define that answer for me. Yeah. Um, I can't define that answer for you. For me, it, it, if if we're able to reach a certain number of people, and I don't have the number in mind at this moment, if we're able to reach a certain number of people, to me that that's that is the the ground floor of success. We've 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 succeeded if we do that. Beyond that, if we're able to turn it into something where a recruiting company says, hey, why don't you come give my recruiters a talk and I'll pay you for that talk. Turn it into a revenue generating opportunity. That's something altogether on top of it. But that is not the baseline of success. The baseline of success is that we're able to reach a certain number. of So... So at the beginning, like, let's say I started up the meetup in January and we have 10 people in attendance and the next week with some kind of subject matter, we get 15 people like my the idea is we have to be patient. I'm saying I'm almost saying this for ourselves in the future, like I I think what you, I think success, successful meetups, successful gatherings, networking groups are always best started where numbers and and data don't really come into play at the beginning. The idea is put out the best product you can and see how long you can afford to keep doing it. Meaning for us, how much time you can put into organizing it. The meetup.com is right. 50 bucks for the first six months um, as a as a factor for the true cost of it. Um, that doesn't go into the time that you're going to put into. And if I'm going to give, let's say I don't find any other speakers and I give six presentations, there's a mat, there's probably eight hours per meetup that I would need to invest um, for each one. And the... We ha- we're going to have to, I don't think there's an answer clearly that I have in my mind. It's more of, do you have return people? Do people, is the feedback that, Hey, what you're doing is valuable. Are people showing that they've learned things at the meetup? Like that to me is how you're really going to dictate. Is this a concept that is valuable for the audience? Um, then we'll publish the. We'll see what we can do to record and publish, and see if that also gathers eyeballs, and see where it goes from there. But I think if if we try to do like we need to have fifty percent growth in the first three meetups to know if this is worthwhile, I don't think it's going to be a great uh, tag or a target um, metric for. No, for this. no, I. I... I think one thing you and I do have is patience. Um, I, I, I certainly do. I certainly th- see this as something um, that we try out for the year um, and we evaluate it in 12 months. I don't, I don't want to evaluate it in three or no, six. No, I accept it. So one thing that I have in my corner that I'm already know it's a benefit to me is that Megan is going to be involved. So I've got a person locally yeah. that is going to help me with 
organizing it. Not only that, she's a hell of a lot better at social social type things than I am in the sense <laughs> that she enjoys it more than I do. Um, but, sure. you know, when it comes to talking to people and relating to them, she's right there with understanding how business works and how tech and what it's like to be on the side of learning technology. Cause that's what she's been doing the last year. So I will say to you that finding someone locally to help organize will be helpful. You've got me, of course, we have both you and I both talk enough for on the ideal level that it helps us both push through to get past that talking ourselves out of ideas thing. So the bigger question is, are you going to be able to find someone to help you a little bit? Yeah, that I, I don't know the answer to. Um, I, a couple people pop into mind, but, and, and, and would be interesting. Um, one person I know of is, is a good teacher, but he also takes, you know, 45 minutes to explain a five minute yeah. topic. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, it, that, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think initially, I think for the first, for the first couple go rounds, we concentrate on Kansas city. Okay. Um, and I do what I can, can to help make that a success. We figure that out while I start to poke at Orlando, yeah. um, and see what needs to happen there. And, and I don't, I don't think we roll this simultaneously out and just blow it out. I think we, we start with Kansas city, tinker with it a little, and then come back and, and, um, maybe duplicate it in Orlando. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say is you said, if you're presenting, you know, that, that six to eight hours of prep, you have to do ahead of time. Um, guess what? That's not throwaway prep because you could turn all that prep right into a video. Yeah. Um, so now you've, now you've served two purposes. You've, you've done your meetup and you've done your video, or at least you've prepped the material for a video for someone else to yeah. do. So it, it certainly works. And like, I do think to the, to the point you just made, I went to a presentation last week where it was on JavaScript or sorry, TypeScript and GraphQL. And the, the speaker um, essentially said, I am going to give the same presentation at a conference in Ohio. So your feedback yeah. is really relevant. And I was like, that's freaking smart. Like this person is giving us the first draft locally with a room of 10 people. And he got good feedback. I thought um, everyone that gave feedback had the same feedback that I would have. I didn't give him any because everyone said the same things that I did in terms of how he presented and some of the slides he used. But I was like, that is actually great. Like you're getting the most honest feedback um, you can get sometimes are people just that are willing to say something to your face that is constructive online. People can get harsh and people are a little bit more tempered when they're, uh, you know, looking at you. And I was like, this is actually a really smart way to get feedback on discussing these topics. So it is, could be a catalyst for online presentations based on what the local folks think. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, we, t we talked to Greg Pollock a, a few months ago and that's exactly what he yeah. did. He brought a presentation to the local JavaScript meetup that he was going to give at the view conference in a month. Um, and, and he said, I I'm, this is my first draft. Please, please give me feedback on it. Um, and afterwards I went up to him just cause I had a relationship. I wouldn't do this if, if I didn't already have a relationship yeah. with him. Um, I, I went up to him. I said, on your fourth slide, you've got this misspelling on your seventh slide. You've got this. I, I mean, I was, I was, I said, I don't know if you want it to be that picky. He's like, no, that's exactly what I'm looking yeah. for because that, that's the type of thing that when you give a conference speech, you need to get cleaned up. Um, so yeah, for sure. All right. All right. Cool. Well, I think, I think we've, we've, we've talked this around and, and I, I'm excited to, to give it a run. Um, so, yeah. so 
news for everybody in the future as far as state yeah like i have to figure i think i have a domain name i'm going to get for it i've already set up the meetup group at least for the kc uh, the kc meetup group um account they just approved it while we were talking actually um obviously we're going to have issues with a professional logo (laughs) because that's always the the where i usually do um strictly the uh Get, pull out Photoshop and make big words out of a font of choice. And that's as far as my logo skills go. But the um, we'll figure all that mess out. The idea, what was the quote I, I used for getting CTO Things started? And I taught, uh, this is what I said when we were guests on the, uh, the um, Dante 32 group. That's something sure. about, oh man, I can't remember the quote but I'll have to find it. But it's about being <laughs> mediocre enough to get going or something along along that line. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it was uh, essentially it boiled down to in order to get started, perfection is our enemy. And we have to accept that we will be me- mediocre at the beginning and keep working towards improving this concept for how it fits. So as most brainstorming sessions go, half the things we just talked about aren't going to work. And we just have to right. keep in mind that we are going to create a group or a community and find out what that community needs and the style in which we deliver it. And that's what we're going to have to learn and adjust to. So I think we've got a good start and we will in future episodes talk about how it's going. Yeah, that sounds good. And if we decide to change the name of this podcast, everybody <laughs> will know way ahead of time. Too. <laughs> I, well, yeah, but there's also, there's also something to be said for branding um, helps. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It'll still be CTO think next episode. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Do not unsubscribe just because we said that. All right, man. Well, uh, Uh, have a happy new year. That'll be tomorrow night. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, tomorrow night. Yeah, we and see if I survive uh, fireworks again. Um, We're we're, we're, we are Florida man down here when it comes to New Year's. We'll see how that goes. All right, cool. If you, bu- <laughs> if you bump into Mark Rick, tell him happy retirement. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right, see you later. Thanks for listening to the CTO Think Podcast. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at ctothink.com. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. Patreon contributions help us to produce episode transcripts, which allow people that are deaf or hard of hearing to access the show. If you have feedback, ideas, or want to be a guest, please email us at hello at ctothink.com. Show music is Dumpster Dive by Mark Wallach, licensed by premiumbeat.com. Voiceover work by meganvoices.com. You'll hear from us next week.